This is the Prep the Room podcast, where we've served over a million guests, and we're here to lend our knowledge so that you can create some awesome guest experiences. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Prep the Room podcast. And here on PTR, we have a special guest, Don Dickinson from Turnify. Don, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on today. I appreciate you. How are you doing? Awesome, today, awesome man. As always, uh, living the dream. Uh, I'm a little biased because uh, you know I too am employed by Turnify, so uh, I do love your uh, company, Don. But uh, just tell us a little bit about you. What is your title at Turnify? And in a nutshell, what is it that you do? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. So at Turnify, as you know, I am the onboarding manager. Um, some of my duties include um, just uh, acquiring new business, helping clients set up their accounts. Uh, I do pricing uh, and I also help them to navigate the application. We do demos and we just basically try to make their life easier as they move their business, their cleaning part of their business into the Turnify, Turnify family. Awesome. Awesome. And just for context, I mean, how many hosts on average do you think you talk to in the course of a, a year or a month? Just give a little context if you can. Oh, geez. I uh, never really thought about it, uh, but probably I'll break it down into the month, make it easier for me. Uh on an average week, it's probably at least 10 to 15 people. So maybe 50 to 60 a month, probably on average. Wow. 50 or 60 hosts is, you know, five, six, seven, even 800 hosts a year. So, uh, you know, that's the reason we wanted to, to bring you on today. I mean, you have the experience in talking to folks from all over the US, in some cases, all over the world. Um, about their listings, and uh, you get to learn a little bit about how the, the, the market works here. So I appreciate you coming on today. We're talking about uh, probably something that's close to home for you and something I see online in forums, uh, in chats uh, quite frequently. It's cleaning fees. So there's a lot of chatter out there on this sort of uh, mystery, mystery fee of how do I set it, what's included, What's competitive? Do I need it? Uh, there's so much out there. So um, I wanted to talk a little bit about that today. Um, and first off, you know, something that I see um, that's a little bit difficult to understand is uh, some of the folks that say, should I have a low or even no cleaning fee to make my listing more attractive to guests? Um, and that's something that we hadn't seen so much in the past. I think you know, in the past couple of years, it's popped up as sort of a new competitive advantage, if you will. But uh, sure. I, you know, I don't think it is. I think there's a huge disadvantage to not having a cleaning fee or having a low cleaning fee um, because there's so much that goes into that. And such a core part of the business is directly funded by that fee uh, that it strikes me as kind of odd that hosts would you know, attempt to subsidize that chunk of their business elsewhere or bake it into their nightly rate. I mean, what do you think? Is it attractive? Does it make sense for a host to have no cleaning fee or a super low cleaning fee? Is that attractive to guests? You know, that's an interesting question. I think that what we're seeing is kind of mirrored from 
a couple of other different types of businesses out there, right? So like if you remember the old days of eBay, um, a lot of people would try to like mess with the shipping costs to try to make the listing more attractive. But I think over time, people figured out and eBay themselves even eventually implemented, let's just show you what it costs you with the shipping so you know what you're getting yourself into. Um, I'm a little biased on this topic because I believe that you get what you pay for in a lot of ways. And I think that it's important to uh, spend the right amount of money. That's that's the important part, right? Not too little, not too much. Spend the right amount of, m amount of money on a part of your business that your clients are going to notice right away, right? Right, right when they come in, come into the unit, first thing they're going to notice, is it clean? How does it look? Are the beds made right? Is everything where it's supposed to be? Does it kind of look like the picture in the listing? So these are all things they're looking for. And I think that as the expectations of people staying in Airbnb now or other short-term rental platforms evolves, as it has greatly in the last five years even, and throw the pandemic on it and it makes things even crazier. But I think as the expectations of the client evolves, the hosts need to change their thinking as well and kind of adapt to that model, right? So, you know, this isn't, I think you mentioned it before on a previous podcast, this isn't people just couch surfing and people's spare rooms anymore. They're staying in your home to themselves and they're treating it like it's a hotel experience. And I think they're expecting a lot more. And I think that, um, you know, the hosts need to start looking at it from that perspective and that they need to have a premium level housekeeping experience as well as a, uh, the guest, other pieces of the guest experience. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I mean, on the one hand, I don't think, you know, on the one hand, okay, shopping on eBay is different, right? I need to get a part for the table the, that broke and I can get it cheaper on eBay that I can get it at West Elm and it's just a leg. So who cares about it? Right. And that's something that consumers are probably searching for the cheapest option, right? It's a stupid table leg. Who cares? But in this case, consumers that are looking for a premium product, which is a, a home that is hotel like that, you know, uh, provides a certain quality of stay. I don't think they're looking for potentially the cheapest option, right? They're not, they're not going yeah. out and, and looking for a Mercedes and looking for one that's, you know, $2,000, but they still want a Mercedes, right? So I, I think there's kind of a disconnect. So maybe that lends itself to the type of guests that these folks are getting. So, so maybe if I drop my cleaning fee to zero, sure, my volume will be up, my booking volume will be up. Maybe my ADR stays the same or, you know, my nightly rate drops a little bit because we're playing to that volume. Um, but once we get into that price game, it's it's kind of we're we're competing against ourselves, and, and we keep dropping our price. So maybe the the focus is is just the volume, and and the hosts don't really care about the guests, which you know could fare either way uh, for your actual property. So yeah, I tend to think it's kind of a you know it's a, it's a tough one, right? It is it is very similar to like the free shipping model, um, but again, if you're looking to attract a certain traveler, which is you know, that middle to, to higher class sort of traveler um, that doesn't want sort of a one night stay in a private room, 40 minutes outside the city in a sketchy area. I don't think it's the way to go. And, and what we'll talk about in a little bit is um, what needs to go into that fee and why it's so important. But 
you know, it's just a trend that I noticed. So I, I don't know about you, but I would probably venture to say that slashing your cleaning fee entirely, there's probably better ways to attract more travelers than slashing your cleaning fee. What do you think? 100% agree. And to kind of touch on what you said, I mean, I think there is, I think the today's short-term rental traveler is way more savvy because as the as the market sort of attracts different types of travelers that it never did before, you're getting all different types of socioeconomic backgrounds now, different levels of intellect, people that are a little more meticulous when they plan their travel and are wanting to stay in these awesome homes that people have up for rent, right? Well, because they're smarter, they're also skeptical. And to your point, uh, you know, using the Mercedes example or what have you, I think if you had, you know, two cars sitting next to each other that were exactly the same, two Mercedes, they looked the same visually, but you weren't able to say pop the hood and look underneath. And the guy told you, well, this one's 30 grand. This one's two grand. Where does your brain immediately go? How could this be $2,000, right? It doesn't make any sense, you know? Just like if you have a four-bedroom house and you're only charging 100 bucks to clean it, it's like, how are they getting this place clean? Like, how is it possible? And that makes sense because the one thing that I think about, and maybe it's because we've lived and breathed checkout cleaning for the last five or six years, but one of the things I think about is when I see a one-bedroom unit with a $25 cleaning fee, I know you can't even dry clean a comforter for $25. Like in my head, I understand that it is physically not possible to clean one single piece of linen, which is, you know, a comforter or a blanket professionally for $25, let alone we're cleaning a whole 600 square foot space uh, for that same $25. It's a turnoff for me, you know, and maybe sure. that's the, the technical knowledge, but I would tend to assume that guests that are hosts, guests that have stayed at listings sort of understand that a low cleaning fee means the quality of cleaning may not be as good as it would be elsewhere because that's it's an anomaly right it's a weird thing not to have a cleaning fee Absolutely. or to have a super low fee um so you know all in all it's probably not my favorite tactic but i see it a lot and i think there's other ways that you can you can go the other way you can add value to your listing rather than slashing a price because the price game, you'll beat yourself up, you'll compete against yourself, and that's a downhill slope. That, that, that low cleaning fee is not going back up. And you've booked guests out through the end of the year because that cleaning fee is so low. The quality of those guests may or may not be high, right? Nothing against the, against the guests, but you may have pigeonholed yourself into the folks that were out there looking for free shipping all day long. And now you've got them all year long at a rate that you didn't want, and you're stuck with it, you know? And that's tough. So. I feel like it's a downhill slope. I, I would say, you know, professionally, stay away from it. Don't do it. There's 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 a significant need for a a cleaning fee, let alone one that you know supports some big costs in your business. So, um, I'd probably say stay away. For sure, for sure. And I and you know, uh, just to kind of add a little bit to that, we know that most of the online travel agents out there, Airbnb, Verbo, etc. Um, you know, that fee is given directly to the host to take care of that cost. It's not, they don't take any percentage of it. So I would use it to your full advantage, get the best cleaning team you can at a fair price. Nobody's saying you should overpay either. 
um, but at a fair price and get the job done right. Well, and think about it too, right? That's a good point. So hosts compare themselves to hotels. That's a whole nother topic, but hosts compare themselves to a hotel, right? Hotels since the beginning of time, do you think they're just subsidizing the cost of their linens and the cost of cleaning their linens? You think they're just eating that so they can drive guests? Absolutely not. It's been baked into the cost. So guests expect it, right? So I like how Airbnb puts those, those line items um, and it's fully transparent, right? Guests understand exactly what they're paying for, um, exactly what they're going to get. But hotels have had these fees uh, baked into their nightly rate or lined out you know, since the beginning of time. So, you know, if you're going to go that route, understand that the bigger picture is you can't, you can you can't afford to subsidize all of this stuff. You know, an increase in volume also increase your costs and it's a wash, right? So uh, take a look at those models. I mean, there's a lot of data out there that, that shows sort of the anatomy of, of a hotel uh, nightly rate. Guarantee you, all of those items are in there down to the last drop of Lysol that's in a housekeeper's spray bottle. Oh yeah, they definitely have all of that figured out <laughs> for sure. A hundred percent. So, so now that we talked about sort of the low cleaning fees, no cleaning fees, you talk to a lot, a lot of hosts, and presumably when you talk to these hosts, are you finding out what their cleaning fee is if they're you know if they're existing hosts and not new hosts? And and what about new hosts? Are they asking you how to set their fee? I mean, I want to understand what you're seeing as far as the scope of cleaning fees: um, high, low, mid average, you know, in comparison to local markets? Yeah. So I think that, um, for, well, okay. To address your first question, they don't always share their cleaning fees. I think there's, uh, a level of trust that we have to earn first before we can get into that. But sometimes they will share their listings and we already understand that the fees that they're charging don't necessarily mean anything just based on the conversation you and I just had. Right. Um, it's an idea of where it is, but they could be subsidizing part of it. They could be charging more to kind of either get back some uh, uh, like cleaning uh, chemical costs and things like that. Or maybe they're trying to make up for linens that get damaged or, you know, who knows? Uh, maybe they're trying to make a profit off of it even, you know? So there's a lot of different reasons why I don't rely real heavily on the listing amount that that they're when they send a listing link over for me to look at the pictures and whatnot, um, you can also see their cleaning fee. And I don't really put too much into that. It's just an idea. Um, but definitely depends very much on the area that the, the host has their units in because we've seen a huge difference between certain markets. And they're markets that sometimes you know, just based on what you know about that part of the country, you may expect it to be lower or higher. Sometimes you get surprised. Um, just as an example, um, we looked at a, a pricing out a, some units for a cleaning, you know, for uh, people, folks in Columbus. And um, we kept shooting them prices that we felt were kind of the national average. Um, and, you know, we already, we, we had uh, vendors in place and they were pretty stoked about what we were going to pay them. Right. And everything. <laughs> and then come to find out that that was really high. Um, and they were actually getting paid a lot less in that market. Don't wow. know why. Maybe it's just a, a part of their like mini economy that's been created um, 
for their short-term rental business. Who knows? It may fluctuate in the next couple of years, or maybe the cost of labor is actually that low. I don't actually know the answer to the question, but I know that in that case, we were surprised at how low it was. And then another example would be uh, Florida, for example. Um, and, and and Florida being a, as big of a state as it is, it's in multiple time zones. It, it, it's It's got a lot of different types of, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Like um, market situations there as far as income levels and things like that. So that state alone can vary very widely. You know, um, you could be at the national average in, say, Tampa, and then you could shoot up a little, you know, ways along the panhandle, uh, and it could be double that for the same size wow. unit. So it's kind of wild. Um, so you kind of have to become an expert on that, or at least close to an expert as you can become by doing your own research and just talking to people. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it can vary widely. And I would say the contributing factors are a combination of the cost of labor, the cost of supplies, and just the uh, sort of microeconomic situation that was created in that market who knows how long ago and now we're here and we just kind of have to work and be a part of it yeah yeah it's interesting you say that because one of the things that i've always preached about um in events and everything is that this is a business now so you know you may have a house where you hired a housekeeper you know to clean it a residential cleaner and they charged you a hundred dollars to clean your four bedroom house you know that's two and a half thousand square feet and you know, whatever. And they, they charge you a hundred bucks for years and years and years. And then you go to the market and you got a four bedroom house on Airbnb and you got to get a cleaning quote and the quotes are coming in at 300, 400 and, and your, your brain is melting. Right. Um, but that's a personal bias, right? So what you're saying, Don, is that we've got to look to the local market and understand what cleaning fees are locally the majority, right? Not your neighbor that has the $25 cleaning fee, not your other neighbor that has the $7,000 cleaning fee because those are outliers. But you want to look at enough listings to understand the average cleaning fee for a four bedroom within this certain area, which is a you know a couple miles from my home is X. And that's got to be your price point. You cannot put your own personal bias into this because then you'll set your cleaning fee at $100 on your four bedroom. And the problem is you won't be able to find a cleaning company that can turn it or a cleaning company that can turn it to your standards for that $100 because that's what you think it should cost. The problem is, is that the cleaning fee in that area on average is $350 because housekeepers earn $30 on average in your neighborhood, right? Yeah. So you've got to understand the competitive sort of research, you know, the analysis there of your neighborhood to understand what those costs should be. Because on the one hand, you need to support whatever that local market is, is demanding, right? If they make $30 an hour and it takes five hours to clean your place, your fee needs to be at least $150 just to cover the labor. But on the other side, you can't make it $750 cause you want to, you know, profit 300 bucks a stay off of it because you'll just price yourself out of the market. Right? So it's got to make sense for what the lo local labor market is. And as you start to get bids on your place, you'll understand that. But the important part is, is that you go into that process with an understanding that I should be somewhere within this range, not I should be at $100 because that's what 
Betty's been charging me for seven years to clean my house. No, 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 that is a mistake. So do your research, then get bids. And by the end of that, you'll have an understanding of, of the range that you're in. You know what I mean? I think that's, that's the best way to do it. And again, it's a business. So if, if the market, you know, sets a price that's significantly lower, like you said, in Columbus, Ohio, right? The cleaning fee on a one bedroom really is $25. Okay, great. For me, we just talked about that. A $25 cleaning fee is horrible. In Columbus, it's not. If I did the research to understand that like you did, I wouldn't have that reaction, right? So you may find out that you have a house in Columbus that can be clean for 25 bucks or to the flip side, you're in uh, or you know Miami, Florida and, and a two bedroom house is $350, right? Both of them give you sticker shock, but that's what the market demands and the market can support it on the front end and that all of your neighbors charge that right? And there's your local market. So yeah, it's kind of a weird game. And, and that makes a lot of sense to, you know, research the local market, like you said. Um, but, uh, you know, on average, the host that you talk to, right, you talk to 600, 700 hosts a year, whatever it is, what percentage would you say fit in, you know, what percentage of those hosts have a cleaning fee that fits into what their local market supports, you know, or promotes, right? So what percentage of folks are calling you from Orlando and saying, I have a $350 cleaning fee. And then you're doing your research and understanding that, yes, the local labor market requires $350 to clean a five bedroom house in Orlando. Do you have a gauge on that? Yeah, yeah, I do somewhat. Um, well, first, let's clear up because uh, we were kind of chatting back and forth and we're using a lot of hypotheticals. I don't think it's $25 to clean a one bedroom. In yeah, of course, of course. People just are going to listen to this and I just want to make sure they know that. Sorry, we're Columbus. We're just using extreme <laughs> examples. But yeah. Shout but out anyway. to Columbus Housekeepers Association. We got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> more than that. Absolutely. <laughs> but, we love you, Columbus. <laughs> but um, no, it's, uh, I think for the most part, we're talking about hosts, right? That's your question. Yes. How accurate are hosts on average in nailing that cleaning fee when they come to you and say, Don, I need cleaning. I think that, okay. So there's a couple things going on here. Um, I, I am more and more talking to new hosts, people who haven't even listed their unit yet. And I think that I don't know where they're getting their advice from, but, uh, I think those folks can be a little unrealistic or at least they haven't researched it enough. Let's put it that way. Right. So inexperience, uh, not unrealistic, inexperience. Okay, right. They didn't perfect. do the research. Perfect. Um, folks that have been around for a while, um, especially if we're just right for the purpose of this conversation, we're talking about residential hosts that have a couple of units, maybe even up to five, 10, right. Uh, and they've been in their market a long time. Uh, I think they are pretty realistic. If you come in, you know, a little too high based on the, you know, the cleaning team that you're using and what you have to pay them and whatnot, they'll let you know, you know, they'll say, Hey, that's a little more than I'm paying now, but it's nothing crazy. I mean, we're not talking about a difference of a hundred dollars. We're talking about, you might be 10 or 15 bucks apart. So I think they're, they're, they're very realistic if they've been in the game for a while and they've, for the most part, I've made adjustments. If they're looking you know, for a new team, a lot of times they've already kind of made all those mental concessions of, you know, I know what I'm going to be working with if I want to get a quality team in here. So 
the conversation usually goes pretty well. I think it's totally different if you're talking to larger clients, like business clients that, you know, like the larger property managers that have like hundreds of units. I think it's just a different conversation in general. And they probably had a budget that's been baked for a year before the units even went live. So I think that's just a different type of conversation. But um, if we're talking to the average host right now, who's maybe trying to get started or even someone who's only been in uh, the business for a little while, then I would say that um, for the most part, people are realistic. I do get shot some crazy numbers every now and then that don't make sense. Like there's no way anyone could even you know, get the laundry done for that price or whatever. Um, but I think for the most part, I'm seeing a lot and I, and it's, I'm seeing it a lot more now than, um, earlier in the year. And I, and I, you know, I can contribute some of that to the, the way of the world at the time. And as things kind of normalize, um, you know, folks are starting to kind of understand what they need and what it's going to cost to get what they need. So. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. So I think, so advice for the newer hosts out there, probably I would go back to the the research portion of that. Is that is that what you would sort of recommend new folks? They're coming to you for a cleaner. Um, first step, would you say research locally? Yeah, I think the best thing for you to do, if I was a new host, the first thing I would do is I would research similar properties for available for uh, rent in my area, right? And I'd want to see, uh, just as a gauge, you know, we already talked about taking those fees with a grain of salt, but just as a gauge, I'd want to go see what are they charging for their cleaning fees? Because the next thing you're going to have to do is you're going to have to call and vet cleaning companies or cleaning people, right? Housekeeping companies. And I think from what I'm seeing anyway, uh, cause we do a little bit of that too, is some of these housekeeping companies, it depends on the market that you're in, they kind of know what they have. Uh, and what they have is they have a product that's scarce at the moment, at least if you're offering it at a, a high quality. And the amount of labor out there is, it, it's a tough situation right now, you know? And, and this is whether you're trying to find um, a, a whole company that, uh, that's going to now clean all the units that you have. Or if you're like in our situation where we even have our own employees that we're trying to hire, it's just difficult for everybody right now. There's not a lot of, uh, quality. And I'm just saying there's not a lot of people out there in the workforce. Uh, we're still waiting for them to come back. And I think that for that reason, when you start making those calls, and finding out like, hey, how much is it going to cost me if you come out and clean my three-bedroom uh, home uh, as a turnover service? And it's going to happen. You know, you tell them it's going to be this many times a week and blah, blah, blah. And they're getting shot some wild prices. I mean, like $300, you know, or right, uh, we're charging right. 20, 20 cents a square foot, you know, or something wild like that. And, uh, you know, I go on these Facebook groups too, and all these housekeeping companies are supporting each other and they're like, yeah, charge them, get what you can get. You know what I mean? Because they know, they know there's a shortage and they know everybody's scrambling to get housekeepers right now. That That's Ugh. all going to change. That's just the state of the world right now that, you know, eventually that will change. Um, but, uh, and I'm no expert, but I, I, I don't think until, uh, next year, maybe later this year. 
I think we're going to be in this type of a situation for a while. So interesting. That is such a, an interesting dynamic. And and yeah, we see it. It is. You can see it all over the news. Turn on your local news tonight at five o'clock and you will see one of the first things they talk about is there's a local restaurant closing down, uh, which is tragic, but they can't find workers. Right. And, and everybody's in that same boat. But to your point, Don, it's it's a weird precedence to set when companies are congregating in a Facebook group and they're saying, charge 250 bucks on a one bedroom and they're skewing this market. Uh, but on the other side, you know, when, when everything equalizes at the end of the year, in the fall, next year, whenever it is, those folks are going to be uh, at a severe disadvantage because they were borderline price gouging at the time. Um, and, and now they've got to come back. Meanwhile, they're spending X on labor and it's just like a whole mess. So uh, if you're you're listening there and you're a housekeeper, don't do that. It's not, it's not the way to go. Yeah. And you, you know, know, let me bring it back around too, because I know we started in a different place on this topic. So I'm doing research. I'm brand new. First thing I'm finding out, this is about what it should cost to clean, you know, based on looking at, uh, you know, dozens of listings similar to mine. And then I start making phone calls and vetting companies and you're hearing just wild examples, right? Just know that if you are confident that you're asking for a fair rate, you know, if you're, if you're trying to undercut people, then shame on you. But if you're asking for a fair price to do the job and you've explained the job to them, because maybe sometimes they don't even know what it entails. A lot of these companies are getting into short-term turnover late in the game like maybe they were just cleaning offices or residential and they were like maids basically but now they're like hey i want to get into this short-term rental boom because i'll get a lot more work and etc but they don't understand that it's a different type of job and that it doesn't cost the same as going to somebody's house once a month and cleaning it top to bottom and every nook and cranny and crevice right so if you do your research that way and you respectfully you know speak to these companies as you're researching i think that will help you in your negotiations and you will you know you may have to make a few phone calls but you you'll, you'll be able to get it where you need it to be so yeah it makes sense it's like if you're going to i mean look it's like if you're going to buy anything else right you want to understand from various sources not just an online random facebook group uh various sources uh how much something should cost before you go and buy it you don't just wake up one day and you're like i'm gonna go buy a rolls royce today i have no idea how much it costs and you get to the dealership and they're like it's half a million bucks you're like all right i'll see you later um so be prepared do your research and, and at any rate can folks just contact you and say don i've gotten these quotes and i'm in Orlando, and this is outrageous. And, and can you sort of help them even if they're not looking to us? I mean, does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, we, we're open to all different types of contact with people. We just want to like get to know more people in the STR community in general. Um, so and you'll see that from everything from the podcast that we're doing now to YouTube videos that we put out to podcasts that you've been on with other podcast hosts. You know, we, we just want we understand, I think, that by making the community more educated and um, sort of a stronger, closer knit community, that it's going to make this business as a whole 
from the hosting side to the cleaning side to the, you know, to the property management side, it's going to just make it a better ecosystem for everybody. So yeah, of course, if anyone ever has any questions, you can reach out to me. I don't know if you're going to um, put any contact details up on this, but I can, you know, however we need to get that done, we can get that information out there. Yeah, we can definitely drop some contact details. Um, if you guys have questions, send it to Donnie. He can be the uh, verifier of any miscellaneous quotes that you have. I'll be the um, myth, myth buster. Myth buster. Yes, yes. Donnie myth buster. Um, so, uh, all right. Uh, so, so just the last couple of things here, um, the cleaning fee itself, right? We talk about your cleaning fee should be X based on labor and supplies and all of this stuff. Um, so what is it that should be included in the cleaning fee? What maybe shouldn't be included? You know, what are, what are you seeing? Sort of give us the anatomy of a cleaning fee. Well, so if you're, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a question that is going to differ probably for every different type of person in this business that you ask the question to, right? That's my mm -hmm. guess anyway. So you're hearing it from somebody who talks to, you know, all sorts of hosts all day and occasionally even some uh, housekeeping companies, right? So I think that if you're doing it just in its purest form, you should be able that you should be paying for or you should be paying for the cleaning itself. So whatever your company is charging you to actually get the turnover done, right? And then maybe some miss because we're trying to recoup a cost that um Airbnb and Verbo and, you know, they're kind of, it, it's built into the business model right now that they're just kind of saying, what do you charge for cleaning? The guest pays it. They slide it over to you digitally, of course. And then you take care of that. You know, you pay those folks out of that money. That's kind of in its purest form how it works. So I would say if you're providing um, cleaning chemicals, cleaning supplies, um, if you're providing laundry detergent, you know, if they're using your machines, there's definitely a cost associated with that, whether, you know, you want to take it down to electricity, you know what I mean? But I think when you add all of those pieces in, if it's cleaning related in any way, I think you should not be losing money there. I think you should right. be getting all your money back. Um, I would not, I would caution people uh, who are trying to, because, you know, again, based on what I just told you that they're not taking a percentage out of that fee because it's meant to help you pay for whatever it's costing you to get that done. People exploit that and they'll want to even build some profit into that. And I think that's where it gets a little bit, the waters get a little bit muddy because then you're um, always going to have that model in place until you make that change. And it's always going to affect your decision going forward on who you will use as a cleaning company based on what they charge, of course. Um, maybe even, you know, you don't think about these little things, but maybe even the types of supplies you use, you know, maybe we'll use a lesser quality supply because you just want to maintain whatever that amount of profit you're peeling off of the cleaning fee. Um, I think it, I think in the end, if you're not doing it the right way as a way to just kind of at least break even there, 
like on all those uh, fixed costs, so to speak, uh, I think you're going to eventually degrade the housekeeping product and your guests will notice. That's my belief anyway. Well, it's, it's, it's like anything else. It's like, it's like any other budget, right? But for the new hosts out there that haven't run their own business before, consider the budget, any budget, like a pie, right? You have sort of this pie that you can split up into a certain number of pieces, but this pie is not infinite. You don't have an infinite pot of cash that you can just throw at expenses every month or else that creates a negative net on your profit and loss. And, and now you're paying to operate this business. So if you think about the cleaning fee as a pie, the, the, the largest chunk should be the labor, right? Labor and supplies, let's call it. Because in, in most cases, the, the company that you hire is going to provide their own supplies. But if you staff in-house and you're going to provide the supplies, include the cleaning supplies in that, right? It's, it's a part of what it takes to clean that property. And if you don't include the cleaning supplies in that, you will come out of pocket for them and that will be a line item on your PL. So don't let those little items affect the profitability of your listing. So, so back to the pie. So we've got the labor, we've got the cleaning supplies. To your point, um, other consumables in the unit too can be baked into this. I don't particularly want to say there's a limit on what you know, category of items can be put into it. The limit, I would say, is the the circumference of your pie. All right. So if 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 you're in Columbus and you know that the market only supports a thirty or twenty five dollar cleaning fee on a one bedroom, sorry, Columbus, we still love you. Um, you've now got to fit cleaning and cleaning supplies and laundry soap and mops and whatever into twenty five dollars, and that's your limit. Whereas in Orlando. You can get away with a $530 cleaning fee. It costs you $350 to clean it. It costs you, you know, $40 in cleaning supplies. Now you can also put your linens into it, right? If and if you're not charging for those individually, I know Airbnb, you know, you can actually line out your linen costs in some uh, countries, but um, you have more room to play with. So I would put in any consumable items, any miscellaneous overhead, right? Your wine that you give your guests here welcome kit, your coffee, if you can fit it into that fee and still uh, you know, pay a market rate for high quality cleaning, whether that's a company or independence, then why not? Um, but to your point, to then take another chunk of that pie right, and, and say, I want to make a profit off of this, off of the cleaning fee, when that's meant to be a pass-through to cover some, some overhead, it means that that portion will have to stay at a certain percentage which means that the others, right? Prices increase every year. The cost of shampoo increases every year. You know, inflation's three percent. So as those costs increase, you have to maintain twenty percent of the cleaning fee as your profit because that supports part of your business. Um, now the other pieces have to get smaller. All right, now you have to get cheaper shampoo, and now you're getting linens that are significantly less quality, but you're still because you're still taking that twenty percent profit off the cleaning fee. So that sort of downhill snowball effect is important to note um, because costs in the rest of the pie go up every year and those costs, you know, you'll have to find suppliers, label, uh, labor, you know, supplies, et cetera, that fit into that smaller price. So you're now pigeonholing yourself into in five years time, you'll have the, the lowest quality cleaning or you'll staff in-house and you'll pay them a horrific hourly wage because that's all you can afford. Um, because the economics of your unit are based on that 20% of your cleaning fee being put into your profits. Now you've got 
really inexpensive uh, shampoo and consumables and, and amenities. And your linens, you know, they're just in, in horrific shape and they're, they're really cheap, but all because you, you, you set it up so that you, you take a huge chunk off of this cleaning fee. Um, so I agree with you, Don, it makes no sense uh, to do that because that pie is only, that's, it's, it's limited. So I would say, and I don't know if you would agree with this, if I had a cleaning fee, you know, based on the market, let's pretend we're not in one of these one-off markets where it's 600 bucks a night or 25 bucks a, a stay uh, for a cleaning fee. Um, let's pretend that we're in sort of a, you know, regular market in Chicago, one bedroom is, you know, 70 bucks for a cleaning or 80 bucks. My recommendation would be to, to put as much as you can as far as the consumables, supplies, cleaning supplies, and cleaning go, and then your profit comes out of the nightly rate, et cetera, et cetera. What do you think? I mean, is that kind of what you were getting at? Yeah, yeah absolutely, 100%. And I think the only part we didn't touch on really is um, if anything else changes, it's really hard for you to adapt your business too. So if, you know, whether it's um, your, let's say, your whole in-house team quits and now you get, you're scrambling to find somebody else to do the job. Well, they're not going to do it for whatever you were paying those guys. So now you're going to have to spend more money. Um, so now you're dipping into that. But also what if Airbnb turns around or Verbo turns around and says, Hey, we're going to change the way we do this cleaning fee uh, because people are exploiting it. So now we're going to kind of like close the loop on that, you know, the loophole. Now, what are you going to do? So I, I say if it was me, I would just keep everything separate, you know, and keep it where it's supposed to be. And that way you're always paying, you know, you're collecting the right amount of money to just recoup that. Uh, the, like you said, not only your housekeeping, but maybe some consumables as well, because that's fair. And um, you just keep chugging along and every year it's going to go up, like you said, it has to. And uh, but it's going up at the correct rate. Right. And it's still and it's still taking care of those fees that you're having to pay out um, and you're getting a high quality product. So exactly. So it's important to set up those economics up front because it is an uphill battle to, to make a change uh, when you have one unit, when you have more than one unit, changing that cleaning fee to account for an increase in inflation or increase in supplies because COVID-62, God forbid, happens. Don't forget what happened to cleaning supplies. I mean, our costs went up six or seven X overnight and we couldn't even source supplies, right? I can't imagine if we only had sort of a small sliver of a even smaller pie to, to go and find that stuff. It would be tough. So I think changing it is not something you you, you want to stay away from if you need to do it, right? If it's a, a change in your business that needs to occur to afford better cleaning, a higher level of supplies, you know, fit in your consumables, et cetera, et cetera. It's not outrageous to change your cleaning fee. Is it hard? Of course, right? You have guests booked until the end of the year on a certain cleaning fee. And now you've got to subsidize 15 stays, you know, to the tune of 20 bucks. Okay. It is what it is, but going forward, it will be a lot better. So, um, lastly, Don, do you think that if a host is in a situation where they're subsidizing all of the consumables and the cleaning or, you know, their cleaning fee is just not cutting it because they set it too low six years ago. Do you recommend changing it? It's a tough call because we don't have enough information. I think it's going to vary on each host, but I think the high level answer is you absolutely need to change it at some point. 
to kind of adapt to the current conditions, right? Because of what we just said, I mean, it's all pretty much the same thing. So if you're subsidizing the cleaning, if you're, if you're getting charged 80 bucks to clean your unit and it costs another 20 to recoup your consumables and you're putting a $50 cleaning fee on Airbnb to make it look more attractive, then, you know, all of the little changes that can happen that are unexpected that we just talked about affect you even more because you know like when those cleaning supplies go up you have no plan for that currently you know what i mean you're just you're just coming out of pocket even more you know right. and those things do vary right we see they vary widely um every you know we've seen things that we never thought would change as much as they do in the past year go completely crazy right like lumber and things like that right because of shortages or because of just anything we couldn't predict at, at the moment that we were in and the best thing you can do for your business is to make sure that you are um getting back you know because you're doing it the right way i think folks that are doing it the right way they should you know reap the rewards of how the system is supposed to work which is you're supposed to be collecting a, a certain amount of money to make up for how much you're having to pay your housekeepers and also for, like you said, your coffee, your toilet paper, your paper towels. So it should be very close to whatever you're paying. And then when you do have to increase it because the market changed later, it's not crazy. You know, it flows with the market. It's expected. Everyone kind of gets it. Whereas if you're going from 50 to 150, that I think could affect your bookings tremendously. Yeah. So, so by no means do we want you to go out and triple your cleaning fee tonight. Um, it's worth doing your research, reach out to Donnie, ask him if it makes sense. Um, and in most cases we do see a small slowdown in volume, right? Because there's other people around you that are doing the $25 cleaning fee until they figure out it's not working. Uh, but do your research, change the fee, but make sure that you account for all of those items now that you've had your listing for a while and you can sort of itemize these things and understand what those costs are uh, and then make a change when the, when the time's right and it, it, you'll be much better off for it. So, you know, really great, great point there, Don. Don't be afraid to change it if you need to. It's a business. It evolves. And, you know, you want to account for everything, really, even though it's sort of impossible to think that. But you have to. There's got to be a little bit of room there. So. Uh, I appreciate the comments here, Don. It has been a pleasure to have you on. If folks need to reach you, um, what is the best way to reach you? Give us, you know, the website, et cetera. Um, how do we get in touch? Yeah. So you can go to turnify.com and there will be immediately a little questionnaire that asks you, you know, what your reason for your visit is. And if you after you make your selection, you'll get to a form where you can kind of put in some details of what you're looking for and some contact information. And uh, either myself or one of the other two uh, members of our onboarding team will get back to you. And we're always happy to help. If you want to email me directly, it's just Don, D-O-N at turnify.com. Awesome. Well, Don, it has been a pleasure, sir. And as we uh, lead ourselves out today. We want to thank the hosts and hostesses for tuning in. And next week, we'll be back to, sh to shed some more light on all things short-term rental. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Take care, everybody.